We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings. We're here. Week one, rankings by position. You want to go position by position to hear the breakdowns? Easy. In the time codes. You want the rankings list? Easy. Down in the description and comment section. So, because I've done all of this for you, smash the like and sub to the channel. Well, you are here playing the week one DraftKings Listeners League. It's rake-free. There's $75,000 of guaranteed rake-free money in the prize pool. The link is down in the description, so please go fill that right now. There are 5,000 spots. 2,000 of them are already full, and we're still more than a week out, or we are a week out from kickoff to NFL Sunday. RunTheSims.com is free for Thursday Night Football if you want to try it out before it goes behind the paywall. So go create a free account at RunTheSims.com. Just put in your email address. I also have a Survivor League coming. It is not open as of yet. But it's going to be free to play, so you should probably play it because there's going to be like 10000 bucks to the winner, or at least split between the win- winners that are up there. Uh, join the newsletter I have for free down in the—or follow me on Twitter. Either way, I'll, I'll blast it as an email blast to all the newsletter subs. Follow me on Twitter for all of that fun stuff as well. Boom, we're good to go. Jake Seeley from TheAthletic.com is on the line. Jake, how would you like to win 500 bucks or more? 
Uh, I think I should immediately win 500 bucks. It's a new season, a new year, and the first time for a new me. I've worn a purple shirt for you, Pat. I'm wearing a purple T-shirt to match this show. Have you never worn a purple T-shirt before, ever? No, I just, it's never, like, probably, I mean, when I was a kid, maybe on, like, a team or something like that, but it's, it's not like by, I just don't want to buy purple, it's just there's never been a shirt that I like was purple. But this one's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Peanuts, I don't know, it's the, it's the Ninja Turtles' as Peanuts, it's a purple shirt. I don't usually have purple shirts, I'm not as stylish as you, I just have dumb t-shirts. I mean, people will say that I feel like I am quite stylish, although I'm wearing the same shirt I wore to the golf course this morning, but, you know, I have very <laughs> flamboyant shirts, uh, they're very loud, so when people see it on the TVs, they might be like, hey, what's that crazy man talking about? But I'm doing a giveaway for the audio <laughs> podcast, we make this very simple for people, subscribe, rate, and review, five stars, to the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast. You can find those links down in the description. Hell, you can do it on Apple and Spotify to get two ballots into the draw. These are the only way that you can get into it. If you've done this before, re-up, do it again, and move yourself back to the top of the list. Say something in there that you like about this show. Leave your X handle or email so I can you know, message you if you win. And for every 100 reviews, new reviews that we get between the two, I'll add another $500 to the prize. But we'll be giving away that on the week to DraftKings show uh, with Toe Tag and Tambo in two weeks' time. So get your entries in, download the shows, have some fun, and make sure to sub, rate, and review to get into that draw. Jake? Yes? I went back and looked through the archives of the Pat Mayo experience. This is the 10th year, one decade of Mayo and Seeley, and we are changing the show up for this year. How about that? I know. I actually mentioned that to Nando the other day. I was like, this is the, t-. it hit me. I was like, I counted back. And I'm like, wait, wait, when I was, yeah, 10 years, it is 10 years. And about that long since I've been to Toronto. Yeah. I mean, it's, it feels like it's been that long since I lived in Toronto as well. No longer live there, but the format is going to change. Not for this show. Cause I've already done the rankings, but instead of doing this on Tuesday afternoons, when I'm scrambling to make the rankings to get the graphics up and everything like that, we are going to move the show to Monday afternoons. It's going to remain the rankings debate. And every week, Jake and I will confer and come up with a list. And obviously those rankings are going to change. If there's injuries or whatever, change our mind. We'll do an update at the end of the week, or at least I will on the Pat Mayo experience, but we're going to get, put our brains together and come up with rankings at each position in real time as we do it to create the list itself. I like this concept a lot better. It will be like the first ranking show on the market. So people can enjoy that. (laughs) And we get to do something. I I won't yell it to you because that's for my podcast. When I do it at the Chris Jericho, the end day, we get to make a list and that's what we do on the show on all football. We yell and make a list. So I won't yell it at you though. I'll save you the the trouble. That is what we do on this show as well. I mean, I usually make the list and then you yell yell at me about our, just yelling in general, but we do normally talk about lists. So let's talk about one. You can find all these again in the description up on dknetwork.com. Running back rankings, full point PPR for week one. Austin Eckler, I have coming in at number one in the rankings. Eckler, Pollard, CMC, Chubb, Barkley, Derrick Henry, Bijan Robinson, Joe Mixon, Ramondre Stevenson, and the freshly signed Josh Jacobs. The next 20 on that list, Madison Pacheco in Thursday Night Football. Travis Etchin, Rashad White, James Cook, Damian Pierce, Jamar Gibbs, J.K. Dobbins, Javante Williams, and Cam Akers. After that, we start getting into guys you might have drafted, like I have Najee Harris at number 21. Bad vibes around Najee Harris at the moment, heading into the season with all this Jalen Warren buzz. Don't know how much I buy it, but it does concern me, and that's reflected in the rankings. James Conner, sideshow 
Raheem Colonel Mostert at number 23 with Jeff Wilson going on IR, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Herbert Walker, Jamal Williams with, you know, obviously Alvin Kamara. Uh, suspended for three games and Kendry Miller dealing with this hamstring problem. Not sure on his update right now. Delvin Cook, David Montgomery, Brees Hall, if he ends up playing. So it feels like the top, I want to say 20, even 21, 22, when you get into James Conner, like they're all must plays. Then we get to the moss start level and we have a real discussion. Yeah, and if I want to sit here and nitpick what's inside your top 20, like it, it's going to come down to what I thought we were going to talk about at some point during the show. Might as well get it right out of the gate. Uh, the guys you draft in the first two, three, four rounds, you're starting them anyway. Like they're just, like you said, they're must start. Like, why are we going to sit here and be like, well, I took this guy in the third round. I should probably bench you in week one. And I think that's something that, as a general strategy advice piece, whatever you want to call it for every single year, when we tell these people is that. It doesn't change once the season starts. Like, you didn't draft them in the third round just to bench them in week one because you're worried about a matchup. Yeah, it's like Derrick Henry. Do the Saints have a really good run defense? Well, historically, they have. They return a lot of the same players. So could Derrick Henry be limited to 21 carries for 91 yards and not score a touchdown and have no catches along the way? Absolutely. You're not benching Derrick Henry. Like If you have three running backs or hell, four running backs inside the top 22 of my rankings, you just have a good running back you should probably make a trade <laughs> <laughs> they probably did what you and i talked about just a week week and a half ago is they you know, zigged when everybody else zagged they, they, they started taking running backs because rb12 was sitting there in the fourth round for a lot of drafts uh but you know it, like i said the only concern actually where i think that there is somebody inside your top 20 that i wouldn't consider as a must start and he's yes. actually pretty high in your ranks no pacheco i just because he wasn't 100 percent. he wasn't even on the field until the very final preseason game I just don't know that they don't ease him in. That's good. Like, I think his conversation should be the same as Cam Walker's and Brees Hall's and then the Dalvin Cook, Javante Williams, all those mixed into those backfields. I just don't know that we might see Clyde Edwards-Alaire get seven to ten touches. Jared McKinnon is going to get his five to ten. And then that that's my only concern is that Pacheco comes out in week one only and only gets ten to twelve. That's my concern. If you're looking for more, if you haven't done your fantasy draft yet, I mean, it's odd that you're watching the week one ranking show if you don't have a team to actually start and sit your players. But thanks for the the download. Thanks for the view anyway. Jake and I are going to go rapid fire up on Mayo Media Network on a show that's already out. So you can just go to the past, go up to the network right now. You can see it where we talk about the draft stock with Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor and Jeff Wilson and everyone who and even Najee Harris at this point in going into drafts during the final week, if you haven't done it yet in your season-long league, like, where do these guys fall now in the rankings? Because we talked about it three weeks ago, but it's a, it's a lot different today uh, when we get into it with more yeah. information that we have. But here, we're just talking about week one exclusively. So where should I move Pacheco down to? I mean, I kind of agree with you. The projections just love Pacheco. And again, go to runthesims.com. Yeah. You can create your own projections and see how a lot of this shakes out. It makes it super easy for you as well. Code Mayo gets you 10% off as well. But like, would you play? I mean, I get here's the difference. Like, Damian Pierce probably has a better floor than Isaiah Pacheco in a one week sample going through this. And we're talking about what week one rankings. But if you told me one of these guys scored three touchdowns, the, an- the answer is Pacheco. <laughs> Sure, but I, you know, it's funny. I wasn't going to go that far with them, but I was about to bring up what's the difference between Pacheco and Jamal Williams in Week One. Like that's, like the, the 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 upside of Jamal Williams is that okay, fifteen for sixty. Sure, like it might just be a Jamal. Hell, it might be Jamal Williams twenty for sixty. 
But the upside is he could score two touchdowns because you talked about Kendra Miller is back banged up. There is no Alvin Kamara. Uh, this is just his backfield. And we've seen this before when it's just his backfield. Two, maybe even three touchdowns. It's Tennessee as their defense better this year. Uh, you're not wrong about Pacheco, but, I mean, we've seen the Chiefs before where Jarek McKinnon's been in at the goal line. So I'm going Damian Pierce over here, mostly because of the usage in the preseason. What the Texans told us is that Damian Pierce is their third down running back this year. Yes, there'll be some sprinkling in, but what they sprinkled in was a Gumawale. Like, Devin Singletary has been used as the backup plan if De- Damian Pierce gets hurt. And they've even actually been talking about, wasn't Damian Pierce the one that said he lost weight because of how many routes they had him running? Like, they they apparently want to use him in that fashion. So... It's just the usage. You're not wrong about the touchdown equity. I just think that for me, uh, you know, this is way earlier than my ranks, but for me, uh, Pacheco would be behind Dobbins. JK, Do- Do- <laughs> I was just about to say Dobbins. The knee issue I have, like, look, we talked about this on my show, and I said, look, I have no idea. Either J.K. Dobbins is going to be top 12, and my ranking of him at 22 is too low, or he's going to blow out his knee in the season, and it's going to be too high because there's been talk that his knee has been swelling up. And a swollen up knee, uh, Edwin Porras on Twitter even pointed this out, swelling is bad. If it was just stiff, that'd be okay. But nobody seems to know what – I asked Jeff Zebrak at Z, I can't even say – Zrebeck at The Athletic, and he said he's been practicing every day – but it's something he's going to have to deal with the entire year. But it's something that has to deal with it. That is concerning as hell. So I would start J.K. Dobbins in week one, but I'd have a quick trigger on J.K. Dobbins of pulling him back out of my lineup if he doesn't look 100%. But week one, we're probably going to be good with that. Like Pache- yeah, week one. Pacheco's kind of in the Cam Akers zone, I suppose, then. But Pacheco just inherently, because he's in that offense, has more upside. Right. But and, that's, and that's why I would play him over Javante Williams. I think... Dobbins moving up to 17 and then sliding in Pacheco at 18 is like where I would do it. Just, just to bake in the risk that he only sees 70. Like what happens if McKinnon scores the first town, first touchdown, Mahomes throws two more and they're like, why even use Pacheco in the week one? Let's just keep him healthy. Yeah. You, you can see a lot of like 15 for 70 and nothing else. And that's going to do it. So yeah. Okay. I'll drop down Pacheco to number 18 sandwiched in between Javante Williams and J.K. Dobbins because we all want to be like super optimistic about Javante Williams and I am because he might catch eight. I mean, we'll see how P. Ryan really mixes in with him and what that split is actually going to be. So I'm a little bit hesitant to rank him too much higher, but, and he's coming off the injury obviously, but he seems like he's fine. He seems, it's interesting though, like uh, you say that, and this entire preseason was like reports were saying the Broncos are like, chill out, dude, you're doing too much. Like, just be healthy. And then we get this word right before we're about to hit, hit week one, where I think it was somebody from ESPN, and they said, it sounds like his snaps might be managed the first few weeks, similar to Saquon Barkley a few years ago. And then unfortunately, Saquon ro- rolled his ankle against the Cowboys when he was finally 100%. But they said it might be slow going for the first couple of weeks after everything looks so great. So I think where you have him is a fair spot. Like Javante Williams, if we knew he was 100%, would be higher. He'd be in the fringe RB1 conversation. But because of this, I think that's a fair spot. So let's rearrange these guys. I have Najee at 21, as I mentioned. Connor, Mostert. Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Khalil Herbert, Kenneth Walker, Jamal Williams, Dalvin Cook, David Montgomery, Brees Hall, Tony Gibson, as I like to call him, Kenneth Gainwell, and then you have Deion Jackson, mm-hmm. Jalen Warren, Elijah Mitchell, Jarek, A.J. Dillon, like this range. Like, how if you told me that A.J. Dillon was the eighth highest scoring running back in week one, I mean, there's a path for that to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. That's why I don't have him ranked at number eight. But a lot of these guys are sort of in flux in terms of volume, in terms of situation. You mentioned Jamal Williams. I think it's an interesting place to start. I have him at number 28. Yeah. We don't know the situation 
with Kendry Miller right now. Uh, how banged up he is, whether or not he's going to play. If he doesn't play, obviously, Jamal Williams probably moves up. Or we just see a situation where Taysom Hill scores touchdowns. You're like, oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> this sucks. Uh, we were actually, the, the report, we're being told, I don't believe it, but we're being told this offseason that Taysom Hill is not going to be as the biggest thing as he has in past years with Derek Carr at quarterback. We can be told whatever we want to be told. And then <laughs> I was waiting. Taysom's out there. <laughs> so, well, for that, like Jamal Williams, like let's say the let's say status quo as of today. Kendra Miller is even fine for week one, but he's questionable all the way up to the game. Like he's just going to play through it, but we don't know his status. Uh, also, he's been in and out this entire preseason, and he's a rookie who's been in and out this entire preseason. So, as of today, nothing else changes. I mean, honestly, if there was no Kendra Miller. I'd put Jamal Williams up by like Dobbins range. I would play him over Javante just because I know what the workload is going to be. As of today, I'd probably play him over Aaron Jones and maybe even Moster. I don't, this is another one. I don't believe it, but the Dolphins beat writers are talking up Savan Ahmed and then he's looked so good in the passing game and looks so good this year. And that's why they were comfortable with putting Jeff Wilson on the IR and not really, and still cutting Miles Gaskin, even though uh, A-Chain hasn't been like, there've been questions about how good A-Chain is really going to be as a rookie and that his path is down the road. Uh, just look, it's that offense. It's Mike McDaniel. It's the Shanahan tree. I trust nobody in those backfields ever. At least I know Jamal Williams is going to get 60, 70% of the touches. So you'd move Jamal Williams to number 20. You'd move him a spot behind James Conner. Yes. Okay. I can get on board with that. I'll listen to you. You're an accurate ranker. At least that's what those trophies behind you say. So I'll do that. Let's talk about the They're Dolphin. up there. People can't see him. <laughs> yeah. well, let's talk about the Dolphin situation then. So you have, you have A-Chain's banged up too. Let's not forget that part yeah. of it. And I didn't expect him to play a huge role in week one anyway, outside of special teams, maybe some third down, two-minute drill, pass catching, if he can just run his routes but very few touches for him in the overall scheme Jeff Wilson obviously out the first four games now so you have Mostert and you have Ahmed those are the two that you're gonna be rolling with so I actually went to run the Sims and I went to Miami to see what was going on uh, in terms of how their touches are going to shake out so when I go click on their teams to try to basically do everything out I put Mostert at 50 percent of the rushing carries and Ahmed at like 30% and then the rest divvied up between A-Chain, Tua and whoever else might have a, a rush or two for Tyreek Hill when we're going through everything but it actually projected pretty well for Mostert and we know that like even towards the end of last year like they were really leaning on him I don't think he's going to get 25 touches in this game but I do think that you can see him with I mean I was gonna say 10 to 15 that's a pretty broad range let's call it 12 yeah. to 15 on the ground and probably not like a net zero in the passing game, but not a ton in the passing game. Maybe he can backdoor his way into two catches, like old school Nick Chubb type stuff. Like, hey, maybe he's just on the field and he's open, so they throw it to him. But that could be good enough yeah. against the Chargers defense. It could be. And actually, so doing this too, is this is, hey, real time, this is why we talked through it. I actually pulled uh, the depth chart from the athletic, the back end, the beat writers are helping and they're building their depth charts. And what they just, they updated today. So this is perfect timing. Their depth chart, Ahmed, even though they've been talking him up, still isn't even number two. They actually have A-Chain as the two. They have Mostert, A-Chain, Ahmed as the one, two, three, with Chris Brooks as the fourth, which that's telling – if this is the case, again, you, know, you always – oh, yeah, Pat, what's going to happen if this, something happens with your rankings? Are you going to update them? Yeah, you and I, we update our rankings all the way to kickoff. If we get word that A-Chain's playing but banged up and this is how it stays, I mean, maybe I would change how I feel. Like maybe Mostert 
could get 60, 70% in week one. Because if A-Chain's the two, and that's what I'm saying, A-Chain's the two, and he's been banged up, and they don't think he's going to be that involved until later in the season, being the number two over Ahmed tells me, like, Ahmed's not even going to be that involved. So I could see Mostert staying in front of Williams, depending on if this is the depth chart come the actual game on Sunday. So, okay. I mean, Sunday? Dude, yeah. Dude, do we care about the depth chart that the team posts on a website? I don't know. No, no, no. This, that's what I'm saying. This isn't the, this isn't the team. This is the, the beat report. This is the athletic beat reporter saying well, that, that's this even, is the that's depth even, chart. That's even less official. That's just him thinking stuff. What if he's wrong? No, but that's the, that, that's the, the boots on the ground. This is what they're saying. This is what they, this is what their job. We sit there on Twitter and read these guys all the time. And honestly, like just coming for the people for the athletic, this, the, those are my people. I'm just saying like, this is what we do. We sit there on Twitter, Twitter X, what the hell ever it's called. And we retweet and go through and like, these are the depth charts. And this is what people are saying. This is what blah, blah, blah. Jeremy Fowler said from ESPN. No. So like, if this is what they're saying, this is their job to be right about this. If they're wrong, then we all look like fools. This is true. So let me just put this out here to you. So I'm in the Run the Sim system right now. And I will... Do you have at 60? Uh, I have Mostert at 50% of the rushing touches, Ahmed at 31%, chain at 5 Tua at 9 uh, In terms of the receiving okay. game, I have chain at 9% of the target share, uh, Salvin Ahmed at 3%, and Mostert at 6 Does that sound fair? That seems pretty reasonable numbers. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like that's... I don't want to say worst case scenario, but that seems reasonable to me, at least maybe people, that's why you can go use run the Sims and figure all that part out. You're out, but that puts Mostert at, let's see here. Let's, let's run this up and see how we're doing. It puts Mostert in that range with like Travis Etienne in terms of the fantasy points that he's going to produce. So it's like, all right, maybe he doesn't have the same upside as some of these guys because he's probably not going to score you know, three touchdowns. Maybe he will score two touchdowns. Who knows? But in a high, one of the higher scoring games of the week, I just think it's a decent gamble to take. At least that's the way I look yeah. at it. Over some of the guys that I have, like over Aaron Jones or Miles Sanders or Khalil Herbert on offenses. I mean, maybe the Packers are much better, but it does seem like there's a big split there. And in terms of Sanders and Herbert and even Kenneth Walker in this first game, David Montgomery is another one. Like, we don't know what his split is going to be with Jameer Gibbs. That uh, We don't know if their teams are going to score any points, and that's somewhat problematic. In summary points, we don't know what the split is going to be. Uh, you brought up Ken Walker and the fact that, like, he's been banged up. And we sat on this show for rankings last year and talked about the guy was super inefficient in short yardage, and that's supposed to be part of his game. And yet, yeah, like, of course, the big plays are still part of his game. But then you bring in Charbonnet, who's been looking good this preseason. And what do we know about Pete Carroll? He just wants you to be healthy and on the field. He'll he'll throw out a new running back. He'll throw out DJ Dallas and Travis Homer and all these other guys, uh, Homer from past years. But I, I'm concerned about Ken Walker's usage, especially first game back. So I have no problem with that. I, I was going to go as far as to say, as we're talking through this, and this is why it's going to be really fun on Mondays, like going through this as much as I think Jamal Williams could finish top 10, it would take two touchdowns to do so. I think I could see the case for Mostert over Williams again. If this is like, if they're going to call HA in the number two, then I would say Mostert's 50%, which is a 50% and 6%. Yeah. I think, yeah, that but gets I, them inside the top 15. Well, I, but I do have HA as a higher percentage of the market share of targets as well. So that would, here's the line for. No, Mostert. that's what I'm saying. I think you're being potentially conservative. I, I'm, I think tr- the conservative- I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be conservative with this. Like that would put him at around 12 PPR points. That would lead to 12 rushes for 67 yards. One and a half catches each because it's projections for 14 yards at a half touchdown between receiving and rushing. Like that's, a, I feel like a fairly conservative proje- projection. And that's like a floor. And that, and that puts him around Damian Pierce, James Cook, Cam Akers, ETN, all those guys where I have him ranked. Okay. 
Yeah, so there you go. Okay. I'm with you. Indie running backs. We don't know if Zach Moss is yeah. going to play yet. If he okay, if he does play, he's the lead, right? No. Okay. Because Anthony Richardson's the lead. I want well, nothing to do okay, with this backfield. Okay, <laughs> yeah, we know that Anthony Richardson's probably going to carry the ball more times than anyone else. It's week one. Do not start anybody in this backfield, Pat. That is the answer. But if Zach Moss sits, would you want to go with Brett Hull's son, Evan, or Deion Jackson? Deion Jackson. I actually do think Deion Jackson has a case to even be the number one, even with Zach Moss, because Deion Jackson has done it before for this team. Uh, you know me. I'm not the biggest Zach Moss fan. And we've seen Deion. Deion Jackson put up RB1 numbers. Yeah, when he had when he had 11 catches for 12 yards or whatever it was. <laughs> Hey, he had him because he was the only option. I'm saying like this could be the only option. They really turned like Evan Hall has been disappointing this preseason. Hasn't taken the step and like kind of seized his opportunity. So that's concerning as a rookie to have that as in what maybe a third of the touches. Uh, if there is no, uh, there, if there's no returning Zach Moss, Deion Jackson would be my pick. And Deion Jackson though would be in the conversation with like. A Ken Walker, Khalil Herbert. He would not be inside the top 20, 25. He would be barely inside the top 30. Like, I don't even know if I would want to go that far. Like, Dalvin Cook, I think week one will lead the backfield over Brees Hall. I don't want to play that game in week one, but I'd rather play Dalvin Cook with the Jets offense and Aaron Rodgers than trying to figure out Anthony Richardson's offense, who I think is going to be run through him legitimately. Like, literally, those words, run through him. And then whoever the hell else, just don't start a Colts running back in week one. Just don't do it. I have, I, I do not have Zach Moss in my rankings right now. I have him as he will not be playing in week one. If he plays, guess what, Jake? I can update the rankings and change these things around. So I have him what? out. I, I have him out and I have Deion Jackson at 30. Oh, wait, I got a follow up question, Pat. 34. Where will he rank? Where? <laughs> that I don't know. I'll you think know about, I'll, I'll think about that. And when I do the Friday update show, people can watch it. I might come out on Saturday mornings. On Saturday mornings, when we have the full injury report, I'll readjust the rankings and let you know what I've done. Uh, but I have him sandwiched between Kenneth Gainwell and Jalen Warren at number 34. And that's full point PPR because I know that, I mean, I don't know how much that Anthony Richardson is going to check down, but if he's going to check down, it's probably going to be to Deion Jackson. But that's behind both Jets running backs. I have Delvin at 29 and Brees Hall at 31 because I have legit no clue what's going on there. And I think nobody has a clue. Uh, the only one that I could see, it would be one spot. If Rashad Penny's active week one, I'd take the chance on Dan Jackson over Kenneth Gamewell just because all four guys are going to be involved. That's the only reason. Yeah, with I mean, I have Gainwell ranked the highest of all four Philly running backs. I have him at 33. I have DeAndre Swift and Penny at 41 and 42. It's weird when you start getting down to the rankings in like the late 30s and early 40s because like I have Zeke at 45, for example. Like, like what's the best case for Zeke? 10 carries for 30 yards and two touchdowns? Like, two, two like, touchdowns. like that, 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 that's his upside and he's more realistically going to have like six carries for 18 yards and nothing else? And he might get a touchdown. And even if he does on that, that's 7.8 points. whoop de doo uh, It's a touchdown or bust for him, unless Ramondre Stevenson gets hurt. So uh, the, the interesting thing that I was going to go a different direction, Pat, was even so much for like week one rankings is that if, because you mentioned it, if you haven't done your draft yet, because there'll still be do, people doing drafts all the way up till Thursday, possibly even after Thursday, look at these names in the 30s and 40s. And this is why instead of drafting, DeAndre Swift, instead of drafting Rashad Penny, I mean, it's like, you know what? I'll draft Charbonnet because if Ken Walker's done 
at any point, it's going to be Charbonnet. If Ken Walker looks like toast in week one, we know Pete Carroll will make the switch like he did with Chris Carson or Rashad Penny back in the day with those guys. Like, I'm just going to draft instead of trying to figure out and chase my tail. Like, oh, it's DeAndre Swift in week one. Let's start him. Oh, he got five carries, and it was Ken Gainwell and Boston Scott. Well, okay, I'll start Gainwell. Oh, no, now it's Rashad Penny's week. Instead of playing that game like we've done for years with the Dolphins and similar backfields, I'll just draft one like a J- Jalen Warren, who actually you have higher, but like somebody like that where there's a path to I know what I'm going to get, and I don't have to play this game. I somewhat agree with that. I would still take Rashad Penny in that circumstance just because I just, I, I won't. I, if one of them hits, it's going to be him. Why wouldn't it be Swift? Because he's not as good as Rashad Penny. Like Rashad, 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 Rashad Penny can't stay healthy. He can't. He absolutely cannot stay healthy. I agree with you there. But if he does stay healthy, I could see him being a top ten running back. I, I just I can't make that case for Swift. Mm, okay. What about the Kenneth Gainwell preseason love? Oh, that was fantastic. But Penny does different things than Kenneth Gainwell. Like Penny is someone you're going to give the ball to 15 times on the ground, and you hope he hits a home run. He just has a history of hitting home runs. Yeah, I'm, hey, look, you're not wrong on that. I just and he's going he's and he and he's touches? going, but he's going like way later. I'm not saying like I have him at 42 in the week one rankings. Like I don't want to play Rashad. Oh no, no, no. To be clear, like I'm talking about specifically for like looking at your week one rankings. I'm not even talking about draft costs. Of course, like if Rashad Penny's going in the 12th round, Charbonnet's going in the ninth. Just wait on Penny. Like of course, 100 agree with you. I'm just talking about like in drafts as a whole. If there's an equitable cost, like instead of trying to figure out insane backfields and play this game. Just take one with a clearer path, like instead of playing the who, uh, which eagle. I, I guess it basically comes down to instead of drafting DeAndre Swift, just draft Charbonnet or P. Ryan instead. Sure. Uh, I do think that DJ Wiki Wiki Dallas is going to be their third down back in Seattle. And we'll see like first down, second down, either Charbonnet or Walker, depending on how healthy Walker is. It seems like he's going to be fine with this groin problem. And like they'll mix drives, mix series, whatever it might be. And then DJ Dallas will just always be in on third down. I could see that happening. And you're uh, like, oh, great. Well, this works for no one. Uh, I think it could be Charbonnet still. They were remember like three weeks ago before he got hurt. It was supposed to be Kenny McIntosh. Okay. I have Antonio Gibson at 32. I have Brian Robinson at 39. It's a great matchup against the Cardinals. I just think that Gibson, because of the pass catching over Brian Rob over Brian Robinson, is where you want to be. Yeah. Are you, so you're buying into just the Gibson pass catching, or are you also buying into Eric Bieniemy finally doing what we've wanted Gibson to do in passing passing games in, in general? Both. Like we saw this shift a little bit towards the end of last year too. And maybe there's, there's no holdover with that whatsoever, but like Robinson wasn't used as a pass catcher whatsoever. Gibson was. Okay. So yeah, I'm with you. I think this is going to be finally the Gibson that we wanted where I think it'll be similar to other backfields. We've tried to like parse through in years past as my dog knocks a toy over. Thank you, Barkley. Uh, Looking at the pass catching upside, if we're talking about like a near 50-50 split, get the guy who's actually catching the ball. So uh, I think Antonio Gibson will most weeks, I don't even care if like great matchup or not. I think most weeks I would say full point PBR, which we're doing for your rankings, I would have Gibson over Brian Robinson. What do you think the split is going to be, at least to start the season, between Gibbs and Montgomery? Gibbs and Montgomery? I think it'll be like... 45 Gibbs, 55 Montgomery. I think it could push back the other way, but I think Gibbs is going to be very much like who I compared him to in the draft as Alvin Kamara, which in that year's with the best case scenario for Kamara was all the passing game work. Um, honestly, you know what? 
honestly, I don't think the split will be that much different than Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson. But in that case, I'm going to take the guy who catches the ball. And then if the split ever broke their direction where it was a 60-40, of course, you know, other people possibly involved a little bit. But for all intents and purposes, just talking about the two. Uh, 60% going to Gibbs, like 60% was to Kamara back in the day, and 60% goes to Gibson. Uh, Gibbs has top 12, top 15 upside, probably as his floor if he's getting 60% of the work. I'd say he might even be in the RB1 conversation. He is very much like Kamara. Percentage chance Montgomery's the one on the field inside the five-yard line? 80%? 70. 70. I initially said 80, and I was trying to just be a little conservative. My mind went to 80, and then I talked myself down to be conservative. Okay. We'll see how that one plays out. That's one thing that I'm really interested to see going into week one. Week one. Let's remember, going to Kamara, going back to, sorry, Pat, going back to Kamara for years, you like double digit touches for the other running back every single year of Kamara. So you can have that concern of Montgomery. If it's, if Montgomery's 16 to 20 touches, that's a major concern. But if, you know, it falls down to all of a sudden, you know, 200 carries for Gibbs on the year, but 70 receptions, Kamara was an RB1 with those numbers. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy 
happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Wide receiver rankings for week one. I have Cooper Cup at number two right now. Obviously, we don't know if he's going to play or not. And the thing would be that I probably wouldn't continue to rank him. If if Cup plays, where would you rank him just overall in for week one receivers? Like 15? For week one? Like, I, you're, like you're playing him if he's playing. If you drafted him. Yeah, that's that's the unfortunate thing. Unless you get a report that like, oh, it'll be on a snap count, which who the hell knows what those are anyway. We've got, we've done that through years and it's like mean nothing or meant nothing if I could speak correctly. Uh, looking at your ranks, I'd put him behind T. Higgins. So 13. Yeah, like I could even say like I'd rather play Jalen Waddle to put him at 15 or even Christian Watson, DK Metcalf and put him at 18, whatever it is. He's still going to end up being a starter because you probably drafted him fifth overall if you haven't done your draft yet. And he's playing. You're like, well, I got to play Cooper Cup. Let's figure this out. But we'll talk. We talked about that a little bit more in the season long draft show, uh, which is, you know, we actually are recording it after this. We haven't actually had that conversation, yet, but it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. And it's going to come out before this show comes out. So when you're drafting, where do you draft Cooper cup? Now that answer will be revealed inside of that. So I made these rankings before the cup news came out. So I still have them at number two on the graphics. So I'll just read that one out. Jefferson cup chase. Did you, hit. Did you just inception your own show though? I did. Just, <laughs> Jefferson cup, chase Hill, CD, Devontae Adams, Diggs, Amon Ra, Alave, A.J. Brown, Garrett Wilson, T. Higgins, Chris Godwin, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, D.K. Metcalf, Christian Watson, Mike Williams, Calvin Ridley, Keenan Allen, then DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Alan Lazard, you know, because Corey Davis retired, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, <laughs> Tyler Lockett, Jerry Judy, George Pickens, and Christian Kirk. That's the top 30. So let's move Cup right away from number two. And we'll slot him. I'm going to slot him behind Waddle. I'll put him at, you know, I'll put him behind DK Metcalf. I'll make him number 16 in the week one PPR rankings. DK can be number 15. That's the drop that I'll have. Now, obviously, if Cup sits, he's not going to be in the rankings. And that would be a different story. How do you see the Rams receivers playing out? Would you play (laughs) any of them besides Tyler Higby at tight end? And week one, I think it'd be very hard to start any of them. And if I took a flyer on it, I mean, you know, Puka Nakua, that's my guy. Sure, I like what he, I, I like you know I like Puka Nakua. We talked about him a few like it was that two months ago now at this point, maybe yeah. even longer than that. Uh, but it, I, I think down the road he brings more than what Van Jefferson does. But that this is the thing. If I'm just gonna say you're in a hail mary situation, it's similar to the Colts running backs. You talk about this all the time, Pat. When you're trying to figure out your lineups to start people, and you're talking about upside versus floor, and like okay, create your narrative. Where's wh- what happens here? Where's the path? for a wide receiver on the Rams to potentially finish just top 15, not even number one like Cooper Cup does. Who does it? It's Van Jefferson because he catches three balls for 80 yards and two touchdowns. So he'd be the one I would take the Hail Mary on. Do I think it's going to happen? Probably not nine times out of 10. It's like a 10% chance that it hits, maybe even lower than that. But of the options, that's how I would play it. Like, I'm just going for a Hail Mary. Matthew Stafford maybe hits him for two touchdowns, and that's what I'd go. But you said that the true answer here is similar to Anthony Richardson with the running backs for the Colts, Higby's the winner. And the, the interesting thing, like I like Higby as a whole this year. I know we're not talking drafts, but real quick, people won't even realize because everybody's like, oh, Higby, I've seen people say this to me. Higby was good because Cooper Cup got hurt. Actually, his numbers were better with Cooper Cup because he was with Matthew Stafford. So I, I'm just going to do this to see what we can get everyone up to in this circumstance. If I just X out Cooper Cup, 
put him Cooper at zeros Cup. and pretend like he's not playing. That bumps up Van Jefferson to a 23% target share. Higby to a 22% target share. Atwell, I'll put it 16. Puka, we'll put it 13. Skoranek, we'll put it 8. And just distribute their touchdown market shares across the board that way. And just, you know, we'll run the simulations. Uh, 10,000 simulations and see what we come up with in terms of where these guys are going to end up falling. Because how much do you think it hurts the Rams offensive cup isn't there? Like they're, they're worse. This we know we think so at least. Yes. So they probably wouldn't score as many points. So I ticked them down in terms of points too. Like he's one of the few wide receivers that would actually impact the spread if he wasn't playing, but that would put Van Van Jefferson would now come in at a, at his like simulation point at 11.5 points. That would be four and a half catches for 70 yards and 0.4 of a touchdown. That's not dissimilar to like Terry McLaurin, Tyler Lockett, Juju, Amari Cooper, like that range of guys. Now I don't have that sort of trust in Van Jefferson that he's going to do that. Cause he just might not be the guy. He didn't play a snap with Matt Stafford last year, by the way. Yeah. That's it. That's I didn't know that was that bad. I thought he didn't play with him much. I didn't know it was that bad last year. Yeah, so. no, not a single snap. So he would probably fall in that. I don't know. I'd probably still play Hollywood Brown over Van Jefferson. I'd probably still play DJ Moore over I Van Jefferson. I like tell that, you what, that's the range. They'd be like 40th in the rankings. So that, what what do you ha- what's the target share breakdown for like, like, like before everybody loses their damn mind and it's because it's week one. But like, again, we're talking about losing Cooper Cup. So where do things fall for week one? Nakua, long term. Van Jefferson, deep threat. The one that kind of fills Cooper Cup's void is Tutu Atwell. So what if you gave like Tutu Atwell like even 18%? I am at 16% right now. No, well, there you go. We'll give him 22. Give, right. him the, give him the top share. All right, I'll give him 22, and I'll bump down Van Jefferson to 16. And I'll run it again and see what Tutu Atwell comes out with in this scenario. I doubt it's going to— Probably a Jacoby Myers stat line. Yeah, probably, but I still don't have them scoring a bunch of points and probably not sustaining as many drives because the offense isn't going to be as— although it could probably look a lot like New England's offense last year, to be perfectly honest, which, (laughs) frankly, was not very good. But in this situation, Tutu Atwell is right around like— Dotson, Hollywood Brown, DeAndre Hopkins. In terms of, than I thought it would in be. In terms of projections like that, it would be uh, five catches for 70 yards and like 0.2 of a touchdown. So it's limited upside. Would be. Limited upside. And you also, as a complete sidebar, you have Jahan Dotson too, though. I mean, that's just the, uh, like, just in, like, for week, in my rankings <laughs> or the projections? Both. Well, I mean, I have Jahan Dotson at 31 in the rankings. It's, it's a good spot. I know, for it's him. too low. Who are you it's putting? You're gonna play. You're gonna play Dotson over Lockett. Yeah. No. Play him over IU in Debo Samuel. I know. I know Dotson's the one. Terry McLaurin, if he plays Week One, if he plays Week One, it is also not the one anymore. Do we know that, or is that just you wish casting? <laughs> I'm not wish casting. You love. You I'm love Dotson. About... I I know that you love Dotson. So I know that might be a it, bit it's biased. true. No, this is like, I like, this is also like, there's a backing it up with the actual team reports. And like, like, you know, I threw out the name. You want to talk about complete wish casting. I'm about to, like, I'm not calling Dotson this wide receiver. I'm just talking about skill sets. When I said Sam Howell's like Ben Roethlisberger, the answer of Ben Roethlisberger becoming the best quarterback he had ever been for his career was with Antonio Brown. And I'm not calling Jahan Dotson Antonio Brown. Sounds just like saying their skill sets. I know their skill sets are similar. 
and especially in the red zone and in the end zone where Dotson, even as a rookie, even not starting for the majority of the year, he was number one in end zone targets and touchdowns vastly far superior to, he caught six end zone touchdowns. Terry McLaurin was second place with two. And I'm not, look, this is one A and one B. I should probably let this, Pat. It's one A and one B. It's like back with Fitzgerald and Anquan Bolden. Like it, it's one A, one B. I just think Dotson is now the one A, which if you're telling me, and the whole part of this comes down to if McLaurin's not 100% for week one, but playing, I would put Dotson above, I would play him over Alan Lazard. I'd put him in the Cooper Evans Hopkins conversation. It's probably a bit too high. For my liking, I want to play a bit of a wait and see. In honor of you, I will. Is that more Howell or Dotson or both? Just more Washington. I don't think that Washington's going to be very good. I think Biennemi and Howell are going to wake up that offense. I I think that there's a lot on the line for Eric Biennemi this year because he might be a terrible offensive coordinator who had Patrick Mahomes (laughs) as a quarterback. The chicken and the egg? Yeah, Yeah. that's always the case. Like Matt Nagy. Yeah. I just got to play with great talent happens i'd rather play Pick- great talent i would rather play pickens over dotson in week one jerry judy was an interesting one for me i have him at number 28 right now i don't even know if he's gonna play do you think that's too high knowing the limitations that he might have even if he does play yes okay. because i also think similar to washington is i'm not gonna use wish casting but like what are we we're we're hoping things are better under sean payton but there was a lot of denver this preseason that did not look that much better than last year and if judy's not 100 percent for week one what is Russell Wilson this year under Sean Payton? We think it's going to be better. We hope it's going to be better. There weren't a lot of signs that it was completely better. Uh, partly it was Cortland Sutton giving up on a route altogether in the preseason. I know it's preseason, but there was some, there's enough little tells here and there to just say it's not going to 100% be better this year. Everything's going to be roses. It's going to be a top 10 offense. Um, so, yeah, Judy being questionable in week one, I would play, put it this way, Terry McLaurin questionable, Jerry Judy questionable. I'd probably go with Terry McLaurin. Would you go with DJ Moore or Jerry Judy? DJ Moore. All right, so I'll put I him in. You have DJ Moore too low. I, 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 I don't DJ have DJ Moore too low. DJ Moore's okay, <laughs> and he has like the shittiest quarterback in the league. How is he going to be oh, good? Oh, he does not have the shittiest quarterback in the league. For producing fantasy wide receivers? I think he may. He keeps all yeah, the that's he's another very, chicken today. Justin, Justin Fields is very selfish. He keeps all the fantasy points for himself. No, he'll get he'll get DJ Moore 110, 120 targets this year, and we'll have DJ. Here's the answer to DJ Moore, Pat. Let's go back two years before last year, because last year was the first disa- supremely disappointing year for DJ Moore. But before that, you remember this. For three straight years, you and I sat here on the show. Where do we rank DJ Moore? And you know what I started telling you. I said, I give up. He's wide receiver 18. Don't ask me again. That's either too high or too low. DJ Moore was either wide receiver 10 or wide receiver 40, and we played that game every single week. And it's just like, I don't care. I'm doing the same thing again. This DJ Moore, I don't think he's 18. He's like 20, 21 for me. But there's going to be weeks where he gets five catches for 100 yards and a touchdown from Justin Fields. And then, like you just said about Justin Fields, as fantasy-wise, he's not a terrible quarterback. Stop that. But there will be weeks where he gets two catches for 40, and that's it. So you have him too low because he should be higher because you're in the low range. I don't believe in this offense whatsoever. People are just okay. People have gone mental over the Bears' offense. They're a bad team. <laughs> That's not good. Somebody tweeted out. It was, it was, I think it was Field Yates. Yeah, Field Yates did it. I don't know if you. I'm pretty sure he was being tongue in cheek about them being one of the best offenses in the league this year. I think it was after some play or highlight during the preseason. Look, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Uh, I will be willing to go down with the ship if I'm wrong on DJ Moore. 
this season. I got you're it. Re- you're ooh, you're going to play the question mark of Michael Thomas over yes. DJ Moore in week one. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I'm playing Kirk, who might not even be on the field 100% of the time, playing the slot now. I'd play <laughs> I Michael Thomas, McLaurin, who's hurt. Hollywood Brown, I don't even know whose quarterback is. I'll play Hollywood Brown. I don't like Drake London, no. play him anyway. Deontay Johnson, don't like him, play him anyway. Pittman. And you're going to play Pittman? I'd rather play Pittman than DJ Moore. You're Because you know what? Anthony, you've been hanging out. An- you've been Anthony Richardson might with- be good. <laughs> yeah, and Justin Fields is. No, he, I don't think that he is. Just. Justin Fields was playing with like the Giants rejects of wide receivers last year. That's great. Daniel Daniel Jones had to play with those guys as starters and was fine. And you know how many? No, wasn't fine. He, he threw fine. 15 touchdowns last year. He threw 3,000 yards and 15 touchdowns. Superb. That was dog shit. Superb Daniel Jones. <laughs> Here. This was Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, am Seriously, I'm on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that. Yeah, we've turned this into like a drive time, six thirty a.m. That's Zoom what I was doing. Radio yeah, show. that's yeah. yeah, that's what I was doing. Right, I've listened to the radio in like twenty years at this point. But anyway, that's where I'm just listening. If D- DJ Moore wants to shove it in my face, easy stuff. You can put Pat Mayo doesn't think you're going to be any good this season in fantasy up on the bulletin board. Lead the league in receiving. You know, congratulations. <laughs> Go make your money. But I think that he is very much closer to Addison, Cortland Sutton, Brendan Cooks than he is like Pickens or Dotson or Ayuk. Okay, that's fine. That's why I like doing this show, though. Yeah. That's why I've been doing it for 10 years. It's true. Baltimore, pick one. I got Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers. No, I, no, I, have, I have Bateman, then Zay Flowers, then OBJ. Zay Flowers, OBJ, Bateman. Any Patriots wide receiver. <laughs> Devontae Parker? Like, if you're going to play the... like, It's kind of the Van Jefferson argument. Like, if you're going to play the Hail Mary, who's going to like to catch a touchdown? Juju Smith-Schuster or Devontae Parker? I'll just take the chance to Parker catches a touchdown. I'm going to go with Juju because if I'm down in that range and I'm playing Juju, like maybe he can have eight catches for 31 yards. And that would be good enough. Parker might just get shut. <laughs> eight catches. Wait, Mac Jones threw the ball 50 times in that game. Well, as great as their like <laughs> Hall of Fame 85 Bears defense is, they might be trailing in some of these games potentially because they're not any good. And, and, and still not ask Mac Jones to, by the way, if you, if Mac Jones fails, they got another Mac Jones. I told you that Mac Carroll. Woo. Congratulations. Uh, I, have, Jones, I, have a, again. I have Elijah Moore at 50, and I have Amari Cooper at 23. Is that gap too large? Like, could, could Elijah Moore outscore Amari Cooper this year? Uh, you would have to get passed on from people's Jones. My concern about that is not Elijah Moore talent. My concern is that the Browns so far have been Elijah Moore is 11 set, three wide, you play the slot only. That's just a snap problem. He's just not going to be on the field as much as Donovan Peoples Jones and Amari Cooper. So, no, I don't think that gap is too large until it changes, until they start to use. Like, if the Browns were doing to Elijah Moore what they're doing with Christian Kirk and Zay Jones and basically rotating that number two position and it's kind of like they're going to end up with similar snaps throughout the entire game I would rank more in front of Donovan Peoples Jones and I'd probably rank more in that Brandon Cooks range but until he gets to that I think where you have him is fair and until that point you kind of have to play Peoples Jones over him but you're not playing either when talk about looking terrible Deshaun Watson doesn't look any better than he did last year so far well that's not good news for the Browns offense no like I got Zay Jones at 47. Again, you can just find the rankings down in the description. And follow along with it. But I have like, do I have, J- I have Jalen Hyatt at 51 and Isaiah Hodgins at 54. Like someone besides Darren Waller is going to catch a pass on the Giants. This I can assure you. Hyatt just seems like yeah, he has the most. Names, is it Slayton and Shepard then? That, no, it's Slayton and Paris Campbell. Those are the one and two. 
those are the ones that are running as the starters right now. So, I, but this is, I don't want to mess with any of it. Like you, if you, if you're having to start a Giants wide receiver, you're playing in an 18 team league and good luck with all of your picks. But well, I mean, we're trying to help you out. But if I was going to go into the Giants, it would be Slayton and Paris Campbell. Those have definitively the entire preseason been the two. When Daniel Jones comes out, they come out. They've been the only two that have been consistently the one and the two. Similar to where you have Marquez Valdez-Scanling, I noticed that too. And I was going to say Sky Moore should be higher. I would actually, their coin flip for me because they have been the one and the two for the Chiefs the entire preseason. It's been those two and then the rest. Is someone cutting your lawn? Yeah, this is what happens when you put, when we record on a random Friday afternoon instead of a Monday. That's <laughs> not my lawn. It's the it's the HOA's. They're they're whatever the guys. They're gone. He went uh, past. Uh, I should mention that like uh, JSN, I don't have in the rankings. I do have Traylon Burks in the rankings, but he might not play. Romeo Dobbs, I don't believe I have in the rankings because he might not play. And DJ Chark on the Panthers. You do have him in there right now. I do have. Dubs you have him at sixty three right now. Yeah, I, I ranked him way down because I don't think he's going to be a hundred percent. That's exactly uh, what I was trying to get at. Would you? Like, is there anyone down here? Like, Michael Wilson, I think, is actually somewhat intriguing because it looks like he's just going to play 100% of the snaps for the Cardinals. But that's more of a DraftKings thing rather than your season long. Like, he's the... We've been doing this show way too damn long, Pat, because I was already starting to look at names that when you say, anybody else down in the rankings? And there was two names. The first one was Michael Wilson, and then the other one was going to be Jonathan Mingo. Those were the two. I mean, do you, do you actually want to play Jonathan Mingo? Uh, well, if it continues to be that DJ Chark is banged up and he's starting, if he's starting out there with Adam Thielen, I'd rather play Thielen. I would rather play Thielen too. I actually ended up with a decent amount of Thielen. Like I love that. Sounds like a sad, those, pan- are, those sound like sad teams. I know Are you're playing Adam Thielen, but no, here's the truth is like, you like what they, what the Panthers did from a real life standpoint is they have a rookie quarterback and they said, let's bring in a veteran running back and a veteran wide receiver. And let's help him develop with these guys who have been in the league forever, who can also help the wide receivers. I think Mingo's got tons of upside, especially with DJ Chark, who can't stay healthy, and uh, Terrence Marshall, who's still not healthy. So I like Mingo as the upside play. But if, like, Adam Thielen, I mean, I feel better about Adam Thielen. Let's bring up Jacoby Myers again. I feel better about Adam Thielen because he's the one versus Jacoby Myers, who could be the three on his team. I do have some confidence that Vegas is going to complete a pass in that game, though. Like, I can't say the same about Carolina. Yeah, but at least Vegas's pass are always going to go to Devontae Adams and then everybody else. Not always. Only like 50% of them. <laughs> yeah. So, but, they, but they pass enough so you know, to really spread the wealth around. Yeah. Oh, I, I, this is your flyer range. I, I, I think that, that Michael Wilson's an interesting flyer, especially if he's the two and they keep Rondell Moore in the slot. If, uh, if Dubs is actually banged up or not playing, does Jaden Reed become interesting to you at all? Yeah, it does. I actually think Jaden Reed could take over as the number two for them this year. The only concern I would have, and this would be watch Packers beat reporters and watch for this game. Uh, there's been a lot of talk that Jaden Reed is flashed, but they don't have confidence in him yet. So pay attention, like see what the team's saying. Like if he's the starter, if they announce him like, hey, he's starting the game in place of Dobbs, then yeah, I think that he would be in the conversation of like, uh, I'd play him over, mm, I was about to say Elijah Moore. I'd play him over Elijah Moore. Hell, he's on the field more. He's the starter. Uh, I did want to make sure that everyone knew out there, because sometimes you don't like sending like the guy that like is your commissioner or runs your league. Maybe he's not like the most trustworthy guy with money. 
Maybe you don't want to send it to them. <laughs> Maybe just trying to run down people with cash if you are the commissioner is too tough. Use LeagueSafe.com, and if you put code MAYO into the microphone box at the top, they'll throw in an extra 10 bucks into your league. They don't take like a holding fee or anything like that, so what you put in, I think there's like a 2 buck processing fee, something like that for the year. But you can just send the link to people. They can pay it. It gets stored there and then sent back to them. So if you want to pay by credit card if you wanted to, you can do that. No problem. Pay by PayPal. Not a problem. It just holds it for the year. It gets sent back to you. So use League safe.com in order to store your money for your fantasy league this season tight ends it's easy kelsey andrews waller hawkinson <laughs> goddard kittle pitts ingram fryermuth higby those are the 10 play one of those hopefully guys hopefully you have one of the 10 yeah hopefully you have <laughs> yeah, one of those 10 of <laughs> and then we can talk about the rest of the guys like it doesn't matter you don't have two of these guys man you hate njoku you hate him so much well you know who's been right on njoku every <laughs> single year in fantasy Except Pat. for last year. Oh, yeah, he was fucking great last year. What was he, tight end 19? <laughs> he was better than that. Was he? <laughs> yes. No, he wasn't. In points per game, he was a top 10 tight end. He how just many, missed time. How many games did he play? Mm, I'm going to double check. I want to say 12. No. Not buying no, I'm that. I'm check. Not buying that for a second. He I'm sucks. Check. I'm looking right now. He sucks, and you just oh, mentioned fuck. that Deshaun Watson also sucks. 14! He was, he was tight end 12, and then he was tight end 9 in points per game? Yeah, I'll take eight. a, I'll take a eight. hard He I'll was 8 and hard, 12. Hard pass on David Njoku. That's oh, it. I don't mind. We've talked about it on the draft show. I don't mind you passing on David Njoku at all. I'm one of the lower, I'm not as low as you are on David Njoku. I just laughed because I saw him at 20. It's like, don't even play him. I agree. Don't play him. <laughs> That's a good idea. That's my advice. You're playing. You're playing. We're play, We're doing this for the fourth year in a row. I, I had him in a column, so I'm doing it as well. The fourth year in a row, Irv Smith is a sleeper. We're doing the fourth option on the damn Bengals. Yes. David Njoku. Yes, we are. Okay. Because you, know, you never know what's going on with the Browns. They could be throwing to inside Schwartz and deep passes down the field for all we know. Schwartz, I don't even think Schwartz is on the team anymore. That's Then whoever his replacement is going to be. Do they still have the other like loser Harrison Bryant tight end? Is he still on the team? He's still on the team. Yeah, there we go. He'll end up catching the touchdown. Uh, he catch for, two touchdowns? So for week one, you have your top 10. Those I think we probably agree on. From 11 to 20, I have Okongwo, Dalton Schultz, Hayden Hurst, Irv Smith, Cole Komet, Hunter Henry, Jawan Johnson, the Laporta Potty, Gerald Everett, Njoku, and then it's like Troutman and Musgrave and Logan Thomas. Like, that's the range that Njoku's in. Give me Okongwo, give me Schultz, roll with some upside. I'm waiting for your benches. Everybody's going to comfort you. Why do you hate Dalton Kincaid? Why isn't Dalton Kincaid up by Sam Laporta? Well, isn't Dawson Knox playing? Yeah, but I'm just telling you what's coming. I'm just letting you know. Everybody are, loves do, Dalton Kincaid. Is like, do they? Dalton Kincaid is like, oh, the tight end one. Not a the tight end one, but a tight end one. Everybody like he's their third option. He's, he's going to play slot. He's going to be a wide receiver. He'd have to catch a lot of touchdowns to be a tight end one. I know. Like he could. <laughs> he in terms of actual receiving, we take the touchdowns out of it. He could end up behind Diggs, Davis, Hardy, and James Cook, and Dawson Knox potentially. Could I know? I'm with you. I just I was I was kind of doing more of my like why why do you hate him joke that we do every single by the way i don't even know if i play logan thomas they're, they're not even uh, early reports are like they're not even sold that he's gonna even split with cole turner in his second year so he dude just can't stay healthy he's a, logan thomas is a DraftKings play but i mean we're in the 20s anyway 
Yeah, well, you're not you're, unless you play in one of those uh, very elite sixteen team three tight end leagues. You, you probably don't need to be getting down this <laughs> low. But yeah, Schultz, Hurst, Okongwo, Irv Smith. Those are the guys that I take flyers on if I didn't have one of the good ten tight ends. What, what are you, how how do you feel as a complete side about Kyle Pitts? Fine. I'm I'm watching this pre. I watched that preseason. It just I I fine. I like I got the the feeling in my stomach is just like he doesn't look like he looks. Like he's running mud sometimes. Well, if like he doesn't look hundred percent. If that's the case, then he's going to be tight end seven, where I have him ranked. <laughs> that's the floor. Yeah, Kyle Pitts running in mud is tight end seven. Kyle Pitts being good is actually tight end three. There it, you go. It, it, Atlanta is a lot like Chicago to me. Like I just don't think their offense is going to be any good because it's not. Mm, I would take. Are you talking about from a fantasy perspective or just period? I mean, period. I think Atlanta's offense will be slightly better. Than Chicago's fantasy wise, I think it's easier to nail down who you could potentially want. It feels like there's real upside on Atlanta, but like you kind of say, like with the Atlanta guys, all the upside has been like bought out of them. Like they need to be good in order to return that's, value. <laughs> then that's why I like the Bears guys more because I was just about to say these teams are almost identical for fantasy purposes. Is you have quarterback, which I mean Justin Fields versus Ritter are completely different, but I'm just saying. You're going to use the quarterback for the Bears. But then it's the running back, wide receiver, tight end. The end, there's three guys, no more else. And there's a weight to pits over uh, the situation with Cole Komet. But the one thing that I look at here is that nobody wants Herbert. I'll take Herbert, even if he's a bust. Eighth round, ninth round pick, okay, whatever. But guess what? Mark Ingram, we know back in the day, 200 carries next to Lamar Jackson. And he was an RB1. He was a top 12 running back. Do I think that's happening for Herbert? But No, he's free. DJ Moore, people are like you. People are like, well, he's not going to catch anything because he's got Justin Fields. Okay, well, then I get the discount on DJ Moore versus Drake London. So even if I disagree with you, the, the what I part that I do agree with you with is that take all the Bears guys at the discount when everybody's paying up for the Falcons. Quarterback rankings for week one. Again, if you if we're doing this for, I mean, maybe you play in a two quarterback league or a super flex. So maybe that super flex. This, this can yeah. be somewhat helpful. Hertz, Lamar, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, top five. Herbert Fields, Lawrence, Deshaun, and Anthony Richardson at number 10. For me, if I'm going to take my shots, it's going to be in week one to see what I got here. And I'm going to roll them out and pray for the upside. 11 through yeah. 20, I got Cousins, The Goof, Geno, Dak, Tua, Daniel Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Sam Howell, Derek Carr, and Russell Wilson before you're into, like, uh, Baker, Stafford, Love, Jimmy G, Pickett, and then, like, Mac Jones and Brock Purdy, who I just really don't you want. You are 100% too low on Geno. I played Geno over Deshaun Watson. Not even a second thought. I Top think, eight. I don't in, think so. points and points yeah, per that, game. That's great. Let's, here's Geno's career season. He's just that guy. I don't think that's the case. I don't think Seattle is going to be that I good. Do. I think Geno is going to regress. I think that Seattle really punched above their weight last season. I don't think I don't disagree with punching above their weight, but I'm going to like take. Are we just throwing away Geno's complete season? Like even if he decreases ten percent, which is a pretty big number for a quarterback, he drops ten percent. Uh, that's still better than Sean Watson. The weapons are better than Sean Watson in the passing game. Yeah, but Sean, like, if I'm going to look at this, especially week one for a isolated one week, I think that they're probably closer in, like, if you were to do your preseason draft, like, they'd probably be closer to each other. I'd still take Watson because I know that there is a world where Deshaun Watson's, like, one of the five best fantasy quarterbacks. There is no world where that is Geno Smith. He's just one of the eight best. Not that big of a difference. It's a pretty big difference, like, when you start getting down to the gaps. It's just Deshaun's going to run. If you told me three... 
top three. Then well, he like, could okay, he could be number three. I was setting a decent floor for him to be a top five. Like he what was the one like three years ago? He was what the number three quarterback in fantasy. I think he was number one or two actually. That's pretty good. Uh, I will tell you. I just don't know if he's there anymore. The simulations oh, love Gino. They're on board with you. Uh, they have him at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in terms of the week one projections. That's ahead of Justin Fields and Kirk Cousins. Uh, I have massively overrated uh, Deshaun Watson in this regard, but I think that Joe Burrow isn't necessarily going to be fine. He's not going to be immobile at the same time. I think he's going to play. Now, a lot of the switches if Burrow doesn't play, but I think that Cincinnati's offense is going to score a bunch of points. Then you're going to put them into catch-up mode, and then all of a sudden Deshaun's going to have to sling it. We'll see how it goes from there. Maybe he sucks, and he won't be ranked at number nine next week. He'll be ranked at 23, or wherever the hell we're going to bury him because he's no good. (laughs) But at this point in time, I think that at least the Rams' defensive line is still going to cause a few problems for Seattle, and I can just see that being a muckety-muck, slow-paced game, whereas the other one, I don't see it that way. I mean, okay, well, then I'll give you two things. So you have the goof on the road, even though he's going to have to throw a lot. He's just playing on the fact that, like, he can get his touchdowns. Volume. There's just volume. Well, then on the flip side of that, what about the volume not being there? Like, Kirk Cousins feels high for being home against the Bucs. Like, he could, they could legitimately bench him at halftime. Because they're that up that far, man. You, you, I mean, I if I, I obviously I am out on the Bears and Falcons. I think the Bucks' offense is going to be good. Really? Yeah. Under Baker? Yeah. I mean, there's not that much of a mm-hmm. difference between Baker Mayfield right now and what we saw from fucking Tom Brady last year. It was sucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the offensive line is my biggest concern, and Baker behind a terrible offensive line we've seen, hey, and the, that is bad. Listen, they were all hurt last year. They're not all hurt at the moment. The offensive line should be marginally better this year. Marginally. Okay, they go from 32nd to 30, 29th. I was, was going to say 30th. I was like, oh, we'll give you one more spot. And even if the Vikings' defense does improve, under Flores, how much better is it going to be? It was abysmal a year ago. I think it's a nice soft spot. I think it's going to be a wrong. higher. I think it's going to be a higher score. Talk game. about punching above their weight, Minnesota last year. <coughs> True, but now they're undervalued. Like they're not. They're not <laughs> a bad team. Like they have a very are you about they, betting they a, wise. Or are you talking about just bet, betting wise and just in general? People are like, oh yeah, Detroit's yeah. going to win the division. Like I bet on Minnesota to win the division. Like wait, people are actually saying Detroit are going to win the division. They're the massive favorites to win the division. Really? This is how much I haven't been paying attention to season long bets. Yeah. At DraftKings Sportsbook right now, the lions are plus plus one forty to win the NFC North and the Vikings are three to one. They're, wow. they're basically the Vikings. I cash out a lot put, after these hockey picks. The, the, the Vikings <laughs> and bears have similar odds to win that division. Wow. I didn't yeah. realize it was that stark. Yeah, it went the other way. Like, yeah, we know that they massively achieve, overachieved and won 13 games. I don't think they're going to win 13 games, but they could go like 10 and 7 or 11 and 6. Just because you overachieved one year when regression hits, it doesn't mean it goes completely the opposite the next year. It's not guaranteed to either. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, what less? What was. Weren't the Packers still ahead? I'm, gonna, I'm trying to pull it. Weren't the Packers still ahead of them last year, too? In terms of what? No, oh, they were one game behind, and it was eight and eight. Yeah, it was nine and eight and eight and nine. I was gonna say. Yeah, people so act. Like, t- well, people act wait, like. Wait, the what? Bears have better better odds than the Packers. Yeah. <laughs> like so, so we're going with the Bears three and fourteen, and just that they're going to be better than the Aaron Rodgers going to Jordan Love means the that they're now three and fourteen. That the Packers are going to be three and fourteen. Yeah, but according to people like Jake Seeley, the Bears have DJ Moore, so they're going to score forty points a game. <laughs> No, they're gonna. Uh, I'll I'll be conservative. Fifteen and two, just like Tim's uh, Jets over there. 
Hey, he has him at 14 and three. Okay. He's oh a, really? He's a, he, he has a I was being that. conservative. I thought he had him the sixteen and one. He did have them at fifteen and two. He's dropped that to fourteen and three because you know, okay. they're going to lose to New England in Week eighteen because they have nothing to play for. <laughs> you got me all drinking on that. Uh, so that's where I'm at. I just I just think that Cousins is going to be fine. And listen, it's Week one. You're not going to bench your quarterback after the third quarter unless you're legitimately up by fifty. And if they're up by fifty, I'm sure Kirk Cousins had himself. And Kirk a Cousins day. got him that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So defenses. Last <laughs> thing. Uh, it was tough to do because I feel like we really get into a groove with defenses as the year goes along. Um, but yeah, I went. We ra- don't know that much. Yeah, I went with just you know kind of the chalky ones this week: Ravens, Eagles, Niners, Broncos, Commanders. A lot of it's just matchup based. Cowboys, Bills, Jags, Steelers, Jets, Kansas City, New Orleans, Atlanta, Minnesota, Seattle, Tennessee, the Bengals. I could have the Bengals higher, I suppose. Um, the Chargers, Tampa Bay, because they're playing Kirk Cousins, uh, and Cleveland, New England. Like, New England's a better real-life defense than being ranked number 21, but they'd have to score, like, a special teams touchdown to do anything. Yeah. Essentially, I'll just state my ethos on picking defenses. I like to stream defenses or just try to ride one out with a good three-game stretch. I don't need to have a good defense as my fantasy defense. I need a defense that has a good pressure rate, and faces a lot of pass attempts. That's legitimately all I care about. I do not give a shit if they give up 28 points, 35 points. 35 is probably pushing. 28 points. Like, I don't need them to have a shutout or limited a team to six points. Like, generally speaking, besides the bonus points that you get for limiting teams, the, you're probably not doing much on the other side unless you lay the absolute smackdown on someone. It's like why Kansas City's defense has always been a good fantasy defense, relatively speaking, because teams always have to pass against them. They end up with like two, three picks. And if you're generating picks and you're generating sacks, then you have opportunities to score touchdowns. That's where fantasy points come from. Sacks, turnovers, touchdowns, pressures, interceptions, touchdowns. It's not limiting a team to 100 yards where they try to run the ball 35 times. Like That gives you no fantasy points, so... That's my ethos on defenses, if you're new around here. You too. I forgot about that. We're on the same page with this. <laughs> We've always been on the same page when it comes to defenses. That's how we finished number one that one year. That's great. Hopefully we can finish number one again this year when we're making our rankings together every Monday. So I'll release the rankings probably Tuesday morning. After we speak, I'll cobble them together. I'll wait for Monday Night Football to end to release my rankings, and then I will add them to the show. But if you just follow me at the PME on Twitter or sub to the newsletter, just go to DraftKings Nation, type in DraftKings Nation Mayo. They will pop up for you the moment that they are out. I'm excited to do this format of rankings this year with you. And, of course, your rankings always come out, what, Tuesday at midnight on The Athletic? Yeah, Tuesday, East Coast midnight. Yeah, so 12.01 if you want on Wednesday for everybody out there. And then uh, projections come out later. But, yeah, every single week. Uh, if, hey, if, and if you haven't, by the way, I got to do my shout-out for my company. Uh, up until kickoff, I think we have the $1 special, $1 a month for an entire year. It's pretty good. Yeah, really good. Yeah, you get 10% off at runthesims.com if you use code MAYO. Uh, Thursday night is free if you want to simulate some lineups and some games. So you can just put in your email, get it for free, and I have that $500 giveaway. Sub, rate, review, and download, too. You might as well listen while you're there as well. I guess if you're hearing this, you're already listening. But for every new 100 reviews we get between Apple and Spotify, I'll add another $500 to that pot. So please go do that and help us out. The Survivor League is coming. Bear with me. So follow me on Twitter, sub to the newsletter, and I will instantly send that to you once I have all of the details. But it will be free. That's what we've negotiated down to. So you'll probably want to play in it if you like money. I'm Pat Mayo. Thanks for watching. I'll see you next time.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.